After reciting the Tashahud Ta'awz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifa Masih the fifth, Ayyadullah Ta'ala bin Aziz stated, Today the companion whose accounts I shall narrate first is Hazrat Mu'awiz bin Harith. Hazrat Mu'awiz belonged to the Khazraj tribe of the Ansar. Hazrat Mu'awiz's father's name was Harith bin Rifa'ah. His mother's name was Afra bint Ubaid. Hazrat Ma'az and Hazrat Auf were his brothers. All three of his brothers used to be referred to by the name of their father as well as their mother. Hence all three were known as Banu Afra. It has only been reported by Ibn Hisaq that Hazrat Mu'awiz was among the 70 Ansar who participated in the second pledge at Aqaba. Hazrat Mu'awiz married Umm Yazid bin Qais. The names of his two daughters from this marriage were Hazrat Rubay bint Mawiz and Hazrat Umaira bint Mawiz. Hazrat Mawiz had the opportunity to participate in the Battle of Badr alongside his two brothers, Hazrat Muaz and Hazrat Auf. During the Battle of Badr, Hazrat Muaz, Hazrat Auf, and Hazrat Mu'awiz, who were referred to as the Banu Afra, and their freed slave Abu Hamra, had one camel between them, and they would take turns to ride on it. I presented the following narration once before in relation to Hazrat Mu'az, but it is important that it is mentioned here in relation to Hazrat Mu'awiz. Hence, I will narrate it here as well. Hazrat Anas radiallahu anhu narrates, On the day of the Battle of Badr, the Holy Prophet wasallam said, Who will go to see what became of Abu Jahl? Hazrat Ibn Masood radiallahu anhu went and saw that both sons of Afra had attacked him with their swords to such an extent that he was on the brink of death. 
Hazrat Ibn Masood went to ask him and asked, Are you Abu Jahl? Hazrat Anas further narrates, Hazrat Abdullah bin Masood grabbed hold of Abu Jahl by the beard. Abu Jahl said, Have you killed a greater man than this? Or he said, Whether his tribe had killed a greater man. In relation to this narration found in Bukhari, Hazrat Sayyid Zainul Abidin Walilullah Shah Sahib states in his commentary, In some narrations it is mentioned that the two sons of Afra, Muaz and Muawiz, attacked Abu Jahl to the extent that he was on the brink of death, and that Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud severed his head later on. Imam Ibn Hajar Asqalani has expressed the possibility of Muawiz bin Afra having also attacked him after Muaz bin Amr and Muaz bin Afra had already done so. Whilst relating the incident of Abu Jahl's killing, Hazrat Khalif al-Masih II states, Sometimes a person celebrates something and deems it to be useful for him. However, the same thing becomes the cause of his destruction and downfall. At the occasion of Badr, when the disbelievers of Mecca arrived at the scene, they thought, we will be rid of these Muslims in no time. Abu Jahl said, we will then celebrate and get drunk. He thought to himself that he would not return until he killed all the Muslims. However, that same Abu Jahl was killed by two young boys from Medina. The disbelievers of Mecca used to consider the people of Medina very contemptible. Abu Jahl had to experience such humiliation that even his final wish was left unfulfilled. It was a custom among the Arabs that if a chief was killed in battle, they would cut his neck in a manner that it would be prominent so that he could be recognized as one of the chiefs. Abdullah bin Mas'ud saw him as he was lying there motionless and injured and said to him, Look what has become of you. He replied, I do not regret anything but the fact that the children of farmers from Medina have killed me. That is, children of people who plant crops and work as farmers. Such work was considered inferior in the eyes of the Meccans and they believed that such people from Medina had no knowledge of war and fighting. However, these very people killed him and shattered his arrogance. As a matter of fact, it was not just these people. Rather, it was their sons who were not experienced in the slightest. Abdullah asked Abu Jahl if he had any last wish. He replied that he wanted his neck to be cut off slightly longer. However, Abdullah said that I will not fulfill this request of yours either and severed his neck close to his chin. The day he wanted to be a source of happiness for him became a day to mourn and he was not even able to digest the alcohol he had consumed.
On the occasion of the Battle of Badr, Hazrat Muawiz was martyred during the combat with Abu Musafir. The next companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab. Hazrat Ubay belonged to the Banu Muawiyah branch of the Khazraj tribe of the Ansar. His father's name was Kaab bin Kes, and his mother's name was Suhaila bint Aswad. Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab had two titles. One was Abu Munzir as was given by the Holy Prophet and that second was Abu Tufail, as given by Hazrat Umar because of his son Tufail. Hazrat Ubay was of moderate height. The colour of his hair and beard was white and he did not colour it in order to conceal his age. He did not dye his beard nor his hair. Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab participated in the second pledge at Aqaba along with 70 other companions. Hazrat Ubay knew how to read and write even before he accepted Islam. And once he became a Muslim, he received the honor of writing the revelation received by the Holy Prophet The Holy Prophet formed a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Ubay and Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah. According to another narration, the Holy Prophet ﷺ established a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Ubay and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid. With regards to Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab, it is mentioned that Allah the Almighty commanded the Holy Prophet ﷺ to recite the Quran to Ubay. Furthermore, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said that Ubay is the best Qadi from among his people. It is mentioned about him that he had great knowledge of the Holy Quran due to this very reason. Other narrations about this will be mentioned later. Hazrat Muslim states, Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab was among those four individuals with regards to whom the Holy Prophet said that they are the reciters of this Ummah. That is, if anyone wishes to learn how to read the Quran, they should learn from them. As the Muslim Al-Radiyallahu further states, The following 15 names of scribes are those to whom the Holy Prophet ﷺ dictated the Holy Quran are proven from history. They are Zaid bin Thabit, Ubay bin Kaab, Abdullah bin Saad bin Abi Sarah, Zubair bin Alawam, Khalid bin Sayyid bin As, Aban bin Sayyid Al-As, Hanzala bin al-Rabi al-Asadi Mu'ayqib bin Abi Fatima Abdullah bin Al-Qam Zahri Shirahbil bin Hasana Abdullah bin Rawaha Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman and Hazrat Ali When a portion of the Holy Quran was revealed to the Holy Prophet he would call one of these individuals and dictate the revelation to him. Hazrat Muslim Maud states on one instance that the Holy Prophet 
appointed a group of teachers who taught the Holy Quran. They memorized the entire Holy Quran from the Holy Prophet and taught it to others. There were four esteemed teachers who were responsible for learning the Holy Quran from the Holy Prophet and teaching it to others. And there were many companions under them who would also teach the Holy Quran to others. The names of these four esteemed teachers are Abdullah bin Mas'ud, Salim, the freed slave of Abu Hudayfa, Mu'az bin Jabal, and Ubay bin Kaab. The first two were Muhajir, and the latter two were Ansar. With regards to their work, Abdullah bin Mas'ud was a labourer, Salim was a freed slave, while Mu'az bin Jabal and Ubay bin Kaab were the chieftains of Medina. Thus, keeping in view every member of society, the Holy Prophet ﷺ appointed qaris from each rank. It is narrated in a hadith that the Holy Prophet ﷺ used to say, "Khudul Qur'ana min arba'atin." Abdullah bin Mas'ud, Usalimin, wa Maaz bin Jabalin, wa Ubay bin Kaab meaning anyone who desires to read the Qur'an should learn from the following four individuals Abdullah bin Mas'ud, Salim, Mu'az bin Jabal and Ubay bin Kaab. These were the four people who either learned the entire Qur'an from the Holy Prophet ﷺ or would recite it before him to ensure they did not make any mistake. Aside from them, there were also many other companions who learned various portions of the Holy Qur'an directly from the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Hazrat Anas bin Malik narrates that the Holy Prophet ﷺ said to obey, Allah has commanded me to recite the chapter لَمْ يَكُنِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ i.e. Surah Al-Bayyinah to you. Hazrat Ubay inquired whether God has specifically mentioned his name, to which the Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Yes. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Ubay began to cry. This is a narration from Sahih Bukhari. There is another narration in which Hazrat Anas bin Malik relates that the Holy Prophet ﷺ said to Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab anhu. Allah Almighty has commanded me to recite the Qur'an to you. Hazrat Ubay inquired, Did Allah mention my name to you? To which the Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Yes. Hazrat Ubay said, The Lord of this world and the hereafter has mentioned me. To which the Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Yes. Upon this, Hazrat Ubay's eyes filled with tears. Hazrat Muslim has also explained this incident in his own words. He states, it is narrated by Abu Hayya Badri that Surah Al-Bayyina was revealed in its entirety, i.e. all in one go. And then Gabriel informed the Holy Prophet ﷺ that Allah the Almighty has commanded him to ensure Ubay bin Kaab memorizes this chapter. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said to Ubay bin Kaab, Gabriel has informed me that God Almighty has commanded 
that I should ensure you memorize this chapter. Ubay bin Kaab said, O Messenger of Allah, did God Almighty mention my name? The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Yes. Hearing this, Ubay bin Kaab began to cry out of happiness. After the demise of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, Hazrat Umar Farooq often recounted this incident. Once, while standing at the pulpit of Masjid Nabawi, he said that the greatest qari was Ubay. Once, during his expedition to Syria whilst in Jabia, which is a settlement near Damascus, he delivered a sermon in which he said, Man arada al-Qur'ana falyati ubayyin Meaning, whoever has an interest in the Holy Qur'an should visit Ubay. Hazrat Anas narrates that there were four people during the time of the Holy Prophet who committed the entire Qur'an to memory, all of whom were from the Ansar. Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab, Hazrat Mu'az bin Jabal, Hazrat Abu Zayd, and Hazrat Zayd bin Thabit. This narration is from Sahih al-Bukhari. Hazrat Muslim states that the names of the prominent Hufaz from the Ansar were Ubadah bin Samit, Mu'az Mujamma bin Halsa, Fuzala bin Ubaid, Maslama bin Mukhallad, Abu Darda, Abu Zaid, Zaid bin Thabit, Ubay bin Kaab, Saad bin Ubada, and Ummi Waraka. The Holy Prophet ﷺ once said, The most benevolent upon my people was Hazrat Abu Bakr. The most strict with regards to God's religion was Hazrat Umar, meaning he was very strict in adhering to religious principles. The most modest was Hazrat Usman, as in he had achieved the greatest levels of modesty. The person with the greatest understanding of what is lawful and unlawful was Hazrat Muaz bin Jabal. The person with the greatest awareness of his obligations was Hazrat Zayd bin Thabit. The person with the highest knowledge in the recitations of the Holy Quran was Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab. And every Ummah has a trustee, and the trustee of this nation was Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah, whose accounts have been narrated previously. The first scribe to write a revelation of the Holy Prophet after his migration to Medina was Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab. At the time, it was not common for the scribe's name to be written at the end of a Quranic inscription. However, Hazrat Ubay initiated this practice, and the other companions also adopted this. Meaning the name of the person who had inscribed the text would not be written, rather the text would simply be written out. Hazrat Ubay began signing his name at the end of an inscription to make it known that it had been written by him, and thus it became a common practice. Hazrat Ubay memorized the Holy Quran after hearing every single word from the Holy Prophet ﷺ himself. The Holy Prophet ﷺ noticed his passion for learning and as a result paid special attention towards his education. 
the lofty rank and awe of prophethood would make even the most senior companions to abstain from asking questions. However, Hazrat Ubay would ask questions without hesitation. He would not ask questions unnecessarily. He paid due regard to the esteemed rank of prophethood and asked questions in a respectable manner. But he did not hesitate in doing so. Due to Hazrat Ubay's passion, sometimes the Holy Prophet ﷺ would initiate the conversation himself without being prompted by a question. Once the Holy Prophet ﷺ was leading the Fajr prayers, during which he forgot to recite a verse in his recitation, Hazrat Ubay was not able to join the congregation from the beginning of the prayer. Instead, he joined in the middle. Upon completing the prayer, the Holy Prophet ﷺ inquired if anyone in the congregation had noticed anything in his recitation. Everyone remained silent. Then the Holy Prophet ﷺ asked whether Ubay bin Kaab was present. By this time, Hazrat Ubay had completed offering his salat. Despite joining the congregation late, he must have joined by the second rakat to have been able to hear the mistake that was made or notice the verse which had been forgotten. In any case, Obey had completed offering his salat and informed the Holy Prophet ﷺ that he had not recited such and such verse. He said, O Messenger of Allah, you did not recite such and such verse during your recitation. Has it been abrogated or did you simply forget to recite it? The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied that he had merely forgotten to recite it. Then the Holy Prophet ﷺ said to Obey, I knew you would be the only person to pick up on this. Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab states that once he was in the mosque when a man entered and began offering the Salat. He recited the Quran in such a manner which seemed very unusual to him. Then another man entered the mosque and started reciting in a style different from the first person. When they had all offered their Salat, they went to the Holy Prophet I said that this person has recited the Holy Quran in such a Kirat, which seems strange to me. Then another person who came, who recited it in a different reading to the first person. So the Holy Prophet ﷺ asked both of them to recite their Qirat of the Holy Quran to which they both recited. The Holy Prophet ﷺ then declared both the Qirat to be correct and told them both that they recited correctly. Upon the reversal of his own opinion, Hazrat Ubay says, When I had formed an opinion that such and such person recited incorrectly and the Holy Prophet ﷺ corrected my view, declaring both readings to be correct, I became extremely embarrassed in a manner I had not even experienced in the era of ignorance when I knew little. The embarrassment I felt at this point was like none other I had felt in my entire life. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ saw me overcome in this state and the embarrassment was plain to see on my face, he placed his hands on my chest. I was covered in sweat as if I was beholding God Almighty in a state of fear. Then the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, O Obey, I was instructed that I should recite the Holy Quran in one Qirat. I replied by requesting ease for my people. 
I was then instructed that I should recite it, i.e. the Holy Quran, in two kirats, to which I again replied asking ease for my people. On the third time he instructed that I should recite it in seven kirats. Thus, in response to each one of my requests, I was told by the angel that I had been given the right for a prayer. I.e., the angel Gabriel said, In response, Allah the Almighty has granted you the right to a prayer for each reading for whatever you ask of him. Then I said, i.e., the Holy Prophet states, O Allah, forgive my people. O Allah, forgive my people. And I saved the third prayer for the day in which all of creation will turn to me, even Prophet Abraham. One can gauge an understanding from Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab's mastery over the Kirats that the Holy Prophet ﷺ himself would recite the entire Holy Quran to him. Thus the year in which the Holy Prophet ﷺ passed away, he recited the Quran to Hazrat Ubay and stated, Gabriel has told me that I should recite the Quran to Ubay. And so the Holy Prophet ﷺ recited the Holy Quran to Hazrat Ubay. Hazrat Ubay would teach the Holy Quran to an Iranian in the blessed era of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. When he taught him the verse, Inna shajarat ta'amul athim, the Iranian was not able to properly pronounce the word athim. And whenever he would recite the word athim, he would recite it as yatim. Hazrat Ubay was very concerned as to how he could teach him. The Holy Prophet happened to be passing by and seeing the concern on the face of Hazrat Ubay, he stopped. When he heard the discussion, he said in Persian, Try saying it as Ta'amut Ta'azim. This is with a zoy. When he tried reciting it in this manner, he very clearly said Asim. So he repeated Ta'azim and the Iranian replied saying Asim and was able to pronounce it correctly. Thereupon the Holy Prophet said to Hazrat Ubay, correct his speech according to his own language so that he may learn to recite the Holy Quran correctly and ensure he pronounces the letters fully. God Almighty will reward you for this. On one occasion, the Holy Prophet was delivering the Friday sermon and recited Surah Barat. Hazrat Abu Darda and Hazrat Abu Zar did not yet know of this chapter. So during the sermon, they indicated through a gesture to Hazrat Ubay in order to ask when this chapter was revealed, as they had not yet heard it. Hazrat Ubay indicated that they should remain silent. Upon the completion of prayer, when Hazrat Ubay stood up to go home, both of these noble men asked Hazrat Ubay why he did not answer their question. Hazrat Ubay replied that their prayer today had become invalidated owing to a vain act. Hearing this, they both went to the Holy Prophet and related to him what Hazrat Ubay had said. The Holy Prophet stated that indeed Hazrat Ubay had spoken the truth. In other words, they should not have spoken whilst the sermon was being delivered. Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab relates, The Holy Prophet stated, O Abu Munzir, 
Do you know which verse in Allah's book that you have is the greatest of all? I submitted. Allah and His Messenger know best. The Holy Prophet again asked, O Abu Munzir, do you know which verse in Allah's book that you have is the greatest of all? I gave the same response. But when the Holy Prophet asked again, I stated, Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. Hazrat Ubay states, The Holy Prophet placed his hand upon my chest and stated, By God, O Abu Munzir, may your knowledge be a source of blessing for you. In other words, the Holy Prophet liked his answer. During the blessed lifetime of the Holy Prophet Hazrat Ubay taught the Holy Quran to Hazrat Tufail bin Amr Dusi, who in return presented him with a bow as a gift. Hazrat Ubay took hold of the bow and presented himself before the Holy Prophet The Holy Prophet inquired where he got the bow from and Hazrat Ubay submitted that it was a gift from one of the students. The Holy Prophet instructed him to return it and to refrain from such gifts. Similarly, another student gifted him a piece of cloth and the Holy Prophet gave the same instruction. Thereafter, Hazrat Ubay completely abstained from taking anything in return of teaching the Holy Quran. The people of Syria would learn the Holy Quran from Hazrat Ubay and would also get the scribes of Medina to produce copies of the Holy Quran. In return of their services for transcribing the copies of the Holy Quran, they would invite the scribes to eat with them. However, Hazrat Ubay would never accept their invitation. Once, Hazrat Umar inquired from Hazrat Ubay regarding the kind of foods eaten in Syria, and he replied that he never ate with them and would always eat his own food. Hazrat Ubay participated in all the battles alongside the Holy Prophet including the Battle of Badr, Uhud and Khandak. During the Battle of Uhud, Hazrat Ubay was struck by an arrow which pierced into his median vein. which carries blood to the head, the back of the chest, arms and legs. Subsequently, the Holy Prophet ﷺ sent a physician to treat him, who then cut the vein and then branded it with his own hand. There is an incident which took place during the Battle of Uhud, which although has been previously narrated, but I will briefly mention it again. After the battle, the Holy Prophet ﷺ instructed Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab to go and assess the conditions of those injured. As he went searching, he came across Hazrat Saad bin Rabi, who had been fatally wounded and was breathing his last. Hazrat Ubay asked him if he wished to convey any message to his relatives and loved ones. Hazrat Saad smiled and replied that he was hoping a Muslim would walk by so that he could pass on to him his message. He then stated, Place your hand in mine and promise me that you will certainly convey my message. His message was, Convey my greetings of peace to my fellow Muslim brethren, and tell my people and relatives that the Holy Prophet is the most excellent trust which Allah the Almighty has granted to us, and we protected this trust with our very lives. Now I depart, 
but I hand over the responsibility of protecting this trust over to you. Let it not be the case that you show negligence in its protection. In 9 Hijri, when zakat had become obligatory, the Holy Prophet ﷺ appointed various people to different parts of Arabia for its collection. Hazrat Ubay was appointed to collect the zakat from the tribes of Banu Bali, Banu Azr and Banu Saad. One day, Hazrat Ubay visited a village and one of the villagers brought out all his animals before Hazrat Ubay and stated he could take any one of them as part of his zakat. From among the camels, Hazrat Ubay selected a two-year-old young camel. The individual who was presenting his donation stated that this camel was of no benefit for it could neither produce milk nor be used as a mount. He recommended a different camel to Hazrat Ubay, which was much healthier and not too aged. Hazrat Ubay replied that this was not possible, as he could not go against the teachings of the Holy Prophet Hazrat Ubay then advised that it was better for them that they both go to Medina, which was not far from there, and present the matter before the Holy Prophet and whatever the Holy Prophet instructed, he should do accordingly. Agreeing with the suggestion of Hazrat Ubay, they both travelled to Medina with the camel and presented the entire matter before the Holy Prophet The Holy Prophet stated that if he wished to donate the bigger camel, he could do so, and it would be accepted and God Almighty would grant him its reward. Thus he presented the camel to the Holy Prophet ﷺ and left. During the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr work began on collating the various manuscripts of the Holy Quran. A committee consisting of the companions was formed for this and Hazrat Ubay was appointed to supervise it. Hazrat Ubay would recite the Holy Quran and the companions would write it down. Since this committee comprised of those who were very learned and possessed deep knowledge. Therefore, occasionally, they would have discussion and discourse on certain verses. When the following verse of Surah At-Tawbah was being written down, ثُمَّنْ سَرَفُوا سَرَفَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ It was mentioned that this verse was the final verse to be revealed. Hazrat Ubay stated that in fact there were two more verses that the Holy Prophet ﷺ taught him. Therefore, this was not the last one, rather there were two verses revealed after that. Hazrat Umar introduced many beneficial initiatives during his Khilafat, one of which was the formation of a consultative body. The system of Majlis Ashura was established during the era of Hazrat Umar. This consultative body was formed of prominent companions from among the Muhajireen and the Ansar. And Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab was also its member in representation of the Khazraj tribe. Jabir bin Zubair states that during the era of Hazrat Umar's Khilafat, he went to see Hazrat Umar in relation to some matter. He states that there was a person who stood next to Hazrat Umar who had white hair and was wearing white clothes. This person then stated, Verily, the means to attain our objective and the provisions for the hereafter are present in this very world, and our deeds in this world shall be rewarded in the hereafter. Jabir states that he asked, O leader of the faithful, who is this person? Hazrat Umar replied, Obey bin Kaab, the leader of the Muslims.
Abdurrahman bin Abd Qadi narrates that one night during Ramadan, he went with Hazrat Umar to the mosque and saw that people were scattered in various groups whilst offering their prayers. Some were offering the prayer on their own, whilst others were offering prayers with a small congregation behind them. Upon this, Hazrat Umar stated that he deemed it better that if everyone was brought together as one congregation behind a single qadi. Upon making this decision, Hazrat Umar appointed Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab to lead the congregation. In other words, the Muslims were offering their nawafil prayers at night. Hazrat Ubay is among those esteemed companions who had heard a large part of the ahadith directly from the Holy Prophet Many companions studied ahadith from him. In fact, majority of his students would be the companions. Even the companions would listen to the ahadith from him. Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, Hazrat Abu Ayyub bin Sari, Hazrat Ubadah bin Samit, Hazrat Abu Huraira, Hazrat Abu Musa Ash'ari, Hazrat Anas bin Malik, Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas, Hazrat Sahel bin Saad, Hazrat Zuliman bin Sard were among those who benefited from Hazrat Ubay's knowledge of Ahadith. Hazrat Qais bin Abada once came to Medina to meet the companions and states that he did not find anyone more eminent than Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab. He states that it was the time for prayer and people had all gathered and Hazrat Umar was also present. There was a certain matter for which people needed to be given guidance and so after the completion of the prayer, Hazrat Ubay stood up and related sayings of the Holy Prophet ﷺ to the people. Their passion and zeal to listen to what he was saying was evident from the way they were all attentively listening to him. Hazrat Ubay's extraordinary status had left a deep impact on Qais. Hazrat Ubay would also provide guidance from the Holy Quran in relation to jurisprudential matters. Once a lady came to Hazrat Umar and stated that her husband had passed away while she was pregnant and had now given birth. At the time of his demise, she was pregnant, but now she had given birth, but the period of her iddit had not been completed yet. Iddit is a period of four months and ten days which a wife must observe after the demise of her husband. She was still observing this period when she gave birth. Therefore, she asked whether she should still complete the full period of Idda, or was that enough? Hazrat Umar instructed that she should continue to observe the full period of Idda, which had been prescribed for a widow. She then went to Hazrat Ubay and inquired about the matter from him as well. She told him about the matter she had presented before Hazrat Umar, and also the verdict he had given. Hazrat Ubay told her to go to Hazrat Umar and tell him that Ubay states that she no longer needed to observe the remaining period of Idda. She also told her that if Hazrat Umar inquired about him, she should tell him where he was and should come and call for him. The lady went to Hazrat Umar and so he asked her to call Hazrat Ubay. Hazrat Ubay came and Hazrat Umar asked how he can come to this verdict. Hazrat Ubay replied that he based it on the Holy Quran and then quoted the following verse. وَأُولَاتُ الْأَحْمَالِ أَجَلُهُنَّ أَنْ يَدَعْنَا حَمْلَهُنَّ 
meaning, and as for those who are with child, their period shall be until they are delivered of their burden. Hazrat Ubay then stated that any lady who was pregnant and became widowed would also be counted among them. Hazrat Ubay stated that he had also heard a hadith of the Holy Prophet regarding this matter as well. Hazrat Umar then told the lady that she should act in accordance with what Hazrat Ubay had said. In other words, what he had said was correct. The house belonging to the Holy Prophet's paternal uncle, Hazrat Abbas, was attached to one side of Masjid Nabawi. Hazrat Umar wanted to extend the area of the mosque and asked Hazrat Abbas if he would sell his house so that he could include that area as part of the mosque. Hazrat Abbas stated that was not possible. Hazrat Umar then asked if he could gift it and again Hazrat Abbas refused to do so as he would usually do things in his own way. Hazrat Umar then asked if he himself would then extend the mosque and this would be a great act for the benefit of the Ummah if he was to extend the mosque and include his house as part of it. Hazrat Abbas replied that this was also not possible. He did not agree to this either. Hazrat Umar said, you will have to accept one of these three options. Hazrat Abbas said, I agree to none of these options. Thus, as the matter remained unresolved, both of them appointed Hazrat Abu Bay bin Kaab as an arbitrator. Hazrat Ubay said to Hazrat Umar, What right do you have to take something that he is not content on giving? And then said, No, you cannot take it from him. Hazrat Umar asked Hazrat Ubay whether he based his decision on the Holy Quran or a Hadith. Hazrat Ubay stated that he based it on Hadith and then stated that when Prophet Solomon constructed in Jerusalem, one of the walls that was built on someone else's land fell down. Prophet Solomon received a revelation stating that he should seek permission from the owner before constructing on the land. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Umar fell silent. However, Hazrat Abbas was loyal and sincere and had pledged allegiance to Khilafat, and he was overcome with this passion. Although he initially refused, however, he had a pious and virtuous disposition. He had great honor for the faith and respect for Khilafat, which he demonstrated. When Hazrat Umar agreed to the decision and fell silent, Hazrat Abbas then said to Hazrat Umar, Very well, I will include my home as part of the mosque. On one occasion, Hazrat Umar decided to prohibit people from performing Hajjit Matto. There are three types of Hajj. Some youth may not be aware of this. Hajjit Matto is where one enters into a state of ihram for Umrah before arriving in Makkah. They first perform the Umrah and then come out of the state of ihram. Then on 8th Zulhijjah, they will enter into a new state of ihram and perform the Hajj. This is known as Hajjit Matto. The more commonly known form of Hajj is Hajjit Mufrid. And Hajj Kiran is when one performs the Umrah and Hajj in the same state of Ihram. Nonetheless, Hazrat Umar decided to prohibit people from performing Hajjit Matto. Hazrat Ubay said, You have no right to stop people from this. He subsequently stopped Hazrat Umar from carrying this out, saying that it was wrong to stop them. Thus, Hazrat Umar abandoned his idea. On one occasion, Hazrat Umar decided to prohibit people from wearing cloaks from Hira, which was an area three miles from Kufa towards Najd. The reason was that 
urine was added in order to dye the cloth, or perhaps they would add animal urine in order to fade the color. Nevertheless, Hazrat Obey said, You are not authorized to sanction this, because the Holy Prophet ﷺ himself wore clothes of this color and wore clothes from there. Thus, we also wore it during the life of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, and there was no issues. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Umar fell silent and said that Hazrat Ubay was correct. During the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar anhu, on one occasion, a disagreement arose between Hazrat Umar anhu and Hazrat Ubay over an orchard. Hazrat Ubay began to weep and said, Am I to witness all this in your error? Hazrat Umar said, This was not my intention. You are free to obtain a verdict from any Muslim. As there is a disagreement between us, I will not pass the verdict. You are free to obtain the verdict from anyone else, as I believe that I am in the right. Hazrat Ubay appointed Zaid bin Sabit as the arbitrator, to which Hazrat Umar agreed. The matter was presented before Hazrat Zaid. Although Hazrat Umar was the Khalifa of Islam, yet he came before Hazrat Zaid as one of the two parties. Hazrat Umar rejected the view held by Hazrat Ubay. Hazrat Umar said, you seem to have forgotten. Think about it and try to recall. Hazrat Ubay thought about it for a short while and said that he could not recall anything. Hazrat Umar then gave details about the entire incident, saying that such and such incident took place. Hazrat Zayed asked Hazrat Ubay what proof he had about his demand. He replied that he did not have any proof. He said, I do not have any proof at this point, but do not take an oath from Amir al-Mu'mineen. He said that he did not have any proof, but he should not take an oath from Amir al-Mu'mineen. It is written, not take an oath. However, it should be, take an oath. Hazrat Umar stated, if it is necessary for me to take an oath, then I have no hesitation in taking an oath. Nevertheless, a decision was made regarding the matter. Hazrat Usman bin Affan appointed 12 people from among the Quraysh and the Ansar for the collation of the Qur'an, including Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab and Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit. During the era of Hazrat Usman, differences in pronunciation and dialect of the Qur'an became widespread throughout the Islamic lands. In order to eliminate these differences, Hazrat Usman called for the companions who recited invariant readings and heard all of these variants individually. Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas and Hazrat Maaz bin Jabal all had different dialects. In observing this, Hazrat Usman wished to unite all Muslims upon a single mode of recitation for the Qur'an. There were twelve people from among the Quraysh and Ansar who were proficient in the Qur'an. Hazrat Usman assigned this important task to them and appointed Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab as the head of this committee. Hazrat Ubay would recite the words of the Qur'an and Hazrat Zaid would write them down. All the various manuscripts of the Qur'an that are present today are in accordance with the reading of Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab. Utay bin Zamra states that he said to Ubay bin Kaab, 
What is the matter with the companions of the Holy Prophet ﷺ? We come from far off places so we can listen to incidents and accounts from you and so we can learn. However, when we come to you, you brush us aside as if we have no standing in your eyes. Upon this, Ubay bin Kaab said, By God, if I am alive until next Friday, I will reveal something to you and I care not whether after listening to it you wish to kill me or let me live. The narrator states, On the following Friday I went to Medina, and to my surprise I saw huge crowds of people walking through the streets. I asked the people what was going on, to which one person said, Are you not from this city? I replied in the negative. He then said, Today one of the leaders of the Muslims, Obey bin Kaab, has passed away. The narrator then said, By God, I have not witnessed the manifestation of God's attribute of As-Sattar as much as I did for him. Are you referring to Ubay bin Kaab? As he had vowed on oath that he would say something after which he did not know how he would be treated. From what the narrator stated, it seems like Allah the Almighty saved Hazrat Ubay from saying something which deep down he did not want to say. Aside from this, Allah knows best what is meant by this statement. Nonetheless, after what had happened, the narrator said, I have not witnessed the manifestation of God's attribute of As-Sattar as much as for him. Are you referring to Abay bin Kaab? Hazrat Abay bin Kaab states in one narration that he completes one reading of the Holy Quran in eight nights. Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab's love for the Holy Prophet ﷺ can be gauged from the following incident. In Masjid Nabawi, the Holy Prophet ﷺ used to deliver the sermon whilst leaning against the trunk of a date palm tree that was used as a pillar. Later, a pulpit was constructed, and when the Holy Prophet sat on the pulpit to deliver the Friday sermon, a weeping sound resounded from that trunk, which was heard by all those that were in the mosque. The Holy Prophet went to that trunk, and placing his hand over it, he embraced the trunk. The trunk began to weep profusely, just like an innocent child that needs to be consoled, and after a while it became content, and the noise coming from it stopped. Subsequently, when the mosque was demolished for reconstruction, Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab took the trunk home, only because the Holy Prophet ﷺ would lean against it. He took the trunk home, but later it became withered, and was reduced to dust as termites consumed it. However, he kept the trunk with him owing to his love for the Holy Prophet ﷺ. This is a narration from Musnad Ahmad bin Hanbal and some parts of it is from Sayyid Bukhari. From among the companions of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, there were six arbitrators. Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud, Hazrat Zayd bin Thabit, Hazrat Abu Musa Ashari and Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab. Samra bin Jundab was an eminent companion of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. After reciting the takbir, he would pause for a while before reciting a portion. After reciting Allahu Akbar, he would remain silent for a period of time before reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. Some people complained because of this. He wrote to Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab for him to shed light on this matter. Hazrat Ubay wrote a concise reply saying, Your con- conduct is in line with the Sharia. Therefore, there is no harm if you pause. Those who raise allegations against this are in the wrong. 
حضرت سعید بن غفلہ زید بن شجان اینڈ سلیمان بن ربیہ ونس ٹریولڈ فار این ایکسپیڈیشن وین دے ریچ اوزیب دے کیم اکراس اے وپ آن دا گراؤنڈ Uzayb was the valley of Banu Tamim, where water was found. It was situated between Qadsiyah and Mughisiyah, at the distance of four miles from Qadsiyah. Nonetheless, Suwaid picked up the whip. The others said to him to leave it, as it could belong to another Muslim. Suwaid said he would certainly not leave it, as if it remained there, it would be eaten by wolves or consumed, therefore it was better he made use of it. A few days later, Suwaid left with the intention of performing Hajj. As Medina was en route, He went to see Hazrat Ubay and narrated the incident of the whip. Hazrat Ubay said, I was also faced with a similar incident during the life of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. During the time of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, I found 100 dinars. Whether it is 100 dinars or a whip, everything found in this manner has its own value as it is a trust. Let us see what the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated in this regard. Hazrat Ubay then continued, The Holy Prophet ﷺ instructed, You ought to continuously make announcement to the people regarding it for one entire year. When the, that year had passed, he said, You ought to remember any markings and the amount of money and wait for one more year. If someone comes to collect it and gives the correct identification for it, you ought to hand it over to them, otherwise it will be yours. Which means that when one finds something, they ought to wait for two years. You ought to continuously announce regarding it for one year and remember its markings or identifications for one more year. If someone comes to collect it, giving the correct identification, it should be given to them. A person was causing a commotion in the mosque, stating that he had lost such and such thing. When Hazrat Ubay saw this, he was displeased. The person said, I have not uttered anything vile in the mosque. Hazrat Ubay replied, Indeed, that is true. However, it is against the etiquettes of a mosque to announce for any worldly object. There are various narrations with regards to Hazrat Ubay's demise. According to one narration, Hazrat Ubay passed away in 22 Hijri, during the Caliphate of Hazrat Umar, whereas according to another narration, he passed away in 30 Hijri, during the Caliphate of Hazrat Usman. And this narration seems to be more accurate, because Hazrat Usman appointed Hazrat Ubay for the compilation of the Holy Quran. The names of Hazrat Ubay's children were Tufail and Muhammad, and their mother's name was Umm Tufail bint Tufail, who belonged to the Dos tribe. It is stated that one of Hazrat Ubay's daughters' name was Umm Amr. This concludes the accounts relating to Hazrat Ubay. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Namudu wa nasteinu wa nastaghfiru. وَنُؤْمِنُ بِهِ وَنَتَوَكَّلُ عَلَيْهِ وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شُرُورِ أَنفُسِنَا وَمِنْ سَيِّئَاتِ أَعْمَالِنَا مَنْ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ فَلَا مُضِلَّ لَهُ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلْهُ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ ونشدوشمدی 